You see, every once in a while, every once in a blue moon, really, we see people that lead the charge of a generation bring professional wrestling to new heights. Guys like Bruno Sammartino, Dusty Rhodes, Ric Flair, guys like Hulk Hogan, Stone Cold, The Rock, John Cena, all of these men were generational talents. And that is exactly who MJF is. All I have to do to etch my name into history is to have a long, fruitful world title reign. And the only person that's getting in my way is John Moxley. Now, I'm not going to sit here, big cat. I'm not going to sit here and I'm not going to pretend that John Moxley is an easy competitor to beat. See, I don't like you, John. I think you're a low-life scumbag piece of shit. I think you're from the slums of Cincinnati. And I think you have absolutely no class, but I do respect you. Because, John, you weren't born to be a world champion. Matter of fact, you were born with two left feet and not one single athletic bone in your body. Unfortunately, for Brit. Oh boy. I'm 100% cleared. Whoa. That's big news. Good shit. Late to every episode. Late so much, I'm going to have to buy you a pregnancy test. Bob Rude. <laughs> I want to be a podcaster. Yay! It's my name, Kenta. I'm going to call him Kenta. Dynamite drop in, Monty. That broadcasting school is really paying off for you. You're so high, you don't even know it. Oh, I'm a boy. You ready for a scotch ad? We don't know anything uh, about him. The only thing he's got in his wallet is a bunch of names of whorehouses. That's flair. <laughs> Probably look like Jim Duggan digging the tape out of his crotch. Benoit, enjoy my wife. <laughs> That's a bold statement, Cotton. Oh my God, mine just stopped recording. No, we're good. We're still recording. What a dick. Fuck me. I'd cease and desist me. I'd cease and desist me hard. I need a minute to recover off that. What kind of game is it? War games. Let a war. War game. You are impressionist. I have, yeah, I know. That's the only thing I've said in the last half hour. Bark, Bark like, like a dog. dog. <laughs> oh, 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 jinx. Holy shit. How did that actually happen? Here we go. Good Wrestling Day! It's Wednesday, and you know what that means. Ahoy, my poise. I am the Professor, Mark Fantasia, welcoming you back for another episode. And I... I look, at, I don't even have... I, I don't even know how to do it this week. Look, at, just don't even ask for even the sad song. Ladies and gentlemen, ODM. Yeah, I was going to say, fuck all that noise. The only Viking I want to talk about is Sarah Logan. I don't even want to talk about that. And I don't even want to talk about that. Oh man, I, I like I said, I didn't even want to hear the song. So we yep, just moved we're past not. It. We're, we're gonna make a, a willful omission of the song this week. No music. You know what we can talk about though? Talk about the ass clowns in the fantasy league that don't couldn't fucking buy a clue if you wrote them a check. First and second, running the show. Here we go again, four Pete baby. Now, we've never ended first and second together. It's always been like first and third, third first yeah. and fourth. Yep. But 
this is the one. And it's, I didn't even expect to get to second. I mean, Flamingo had us for a while, but all mm-hmm. of a sudden, I got that. Now, I will say, it ends the night of Survivor Series. Sure. And depending on, you know, what's funny is that there's no, they're calling it Survivor Series War Games. Mm-hmm. There's no elimination matches. Yeah, you might win the war games, but it's all one win just like anything else. So yep. they may not have us as, as good as they think. So unless we'll find they, out. Oh, right, unless they throw a random like 20, 30 person battle royal in there, which they do every once in a while. But <laughs> even then, good luck with that. Like I guess I got Gunther, man. Gunther, whatever. Gunther. Uh, um, hey, I had to add a couple of things to our uh, I called it doc. I saw that. Roman did call him Sammy Uso. The crowd's calling him Sammy Uso. I called that like a month ago. Uh, But the other one I did add, and it became the ending of SmackDown this past week. And I've been saying, you got to put McIntyre together with Sheamus and the Brawling Brutes, make them one stable. Well, the Brawling Brutes came out to challenge the bloodline at the end of SmackDown and as they were getting their asses kicked, McIntyre came out and it's looking like that's where we're heading for war games. Now, Sammy wasn't there. Mm. If you add him in and you have to add in a fifth person on we'll just call it Team WWE or the Brawling Brutes. Who is the fifth? Because I have a theory. Well, they're doing the ethnic thing, but then again, you could have some rando non because it, it's what Drew Scottish, Seamus is Irish, yeah, Ridge Holland's British, Butch is British. So do you do like so? Sammy's not Samoan, so do you do a non-European or? Sure, I don't know. Uh, um, yeah, I don't know. My theory is someone who's been off TV for a bit because they didn't know what to do with him with this whole Sammy blowing up thing. I think maybe Kevin Owens. Oh, yeah. That's true. Could be. That's Right now, the only person I could really think of, I go, my luck is it's going to be like Rey Mysterio. You I know, was actually like, going to well, say we, Rey Mysterio. <laughs> Jesus, for real? Oh, I'm so thing. glad you... Oh, man. Um, well, I will at least run down. Hey, you know this today. We're going to talk and bring it to the table. We got a wrestler of the week. We got Monday Night Wars, um, and even a movie of the week, which we hinted at a lot last week. So I'm excited to go into all that. Uh, but before we get into the news and things like that, you'll be shocked to hear this. I haven't told you this yet. I uh, I got a message early last week that there was going to be a 24th anniversary of the radio show that I was on. And really? I was actually messaged by the host. Since you're one of the former hosts, would you like to be on here? Wasn't that boy. Um, oh, obviously. But I, I contemplated it and I was like, do I do it? Do I not do it? And I was like, Ugh, you should have told him riding out. You should have told him I'll do it. If you let me plug the podcast. Well, well, I was like, do I, do I do that? You know what I mean? Do I just throw it in there? So I jumped on. I wanted to see what it was like. And there was a couple of guys there. That boy was there looking douchier than ever. And I, uh, so Cash, the the host, mm-hmm. how you been? How's life on the road? Things are going good. And he goes, you know, and you guys were, uh, 
doing a podcast at one point, I believe. Are you are you still doing your podcast? I go, no shit, man. All no, right. I'm Shout out to Cash. Cool with that, man. Yeah. And I go, yeah. And he goes, tell us about it. And I go, no shit. I go, yeah, we do a mix of old and new. I go, the first half is usually new, and the second half we're doing the uh, the Monday Night Wars. And as I went through quickly talking about it, and he goes, all right, you kind of cut out for a chunk of that, but I think we got the gist of that. And I was like, no shit. <laughs> I know the show is streamed on Facebook, so I was like, I got to go back and check that out later because I'm really curious about that to hear. Wh-. I'm like, did he hit mute or whatever? But no, you could hear them clearly and like me kind of cutting in now, which is funny. But I was also traveling in the car at that time in the, is in the passenger seat. Gotcha. And then... I believe I've told you the story about how the guy that we have interviewed on this show before, Eric Eminon, mm-hmm. he has super kicked me a couple of times. Yep. Uh, one, it was my day leaving that I radio remember show. That one. The second one was at a live show. Well, the one leaving the show, mm. I infamously had a small hole already in the crotch of my pants mm. so that when I took the super kick, <laughs> my pants just were like, yo, peace. The rest of us are just, we gave up. And I mean, like, really split the fuck out of my pants, and I had to leave downtown Rochester, like, trying to hold it together. That was fun. But that boy goes, you know, and I will just say, and I was like, oh, fuck, here we go. (laughs) And he brought up uh, just that. He goes, it's actually the anniversary of it, and it was, because it came up on Facebook as well. And the other one of the hosts goes, I, I don't get how you how you split your pants with a super kick. I go, you have to have a lot of talent, man. A lot of talent. <laughs> um, and I go, hey, congratulations, you guys. 24 years. Keep it going. Adios. You all look good. You don't. Anyway, um, so I went back and checked it out. And here, it, I had said we are watching the Monday Night Wars, and it's uh, we're doing all the Raw, Nitro, all the pay-per-views in between. Here's what you get of the promo. Yeah, we are a top wrestling podcast. Me and my buddy Joe, we go over new and old. And it, oh, fuck. raw nitro and everything in between. And I was like, eh, close enough. You got the name of the podcast <laughs> out. That's what counts. Yeah, man. And actually, he brought it up, man. He was like, yeah, hey, you got a show. Talk about it. What's the name of it? And I was like, all right, it's cool, man. Like I said, respect. Well, it was nice. Uh, I... I it was better than I anticipated it to be. So definitely respect. Uh, yeah, I appreciate it. Um, you know what I don't appreciate? Someone like <laughs> Enzo, <laughs> this douchebag. First, I saw him cut a decent promo yeah, for MLW always, on Jacob Fought Two. Yeah, but he did a decent promo on Jacob Fought Two. Mm. Uh, running down the family too. Like, all the Usos even gets into Roman like that. He goes, he's, like, talking about being the head of the table. You're at the kid's table, blah, blah, blah. Went on the whole thing. I was like, eh, not bad. You ever think, all right, man, that was good. Shut up. Stop there. <laughs> Dude did an interview and claims that if him and Big Cass were signed to ROH after that whole Madison Square Garden work shoot run-in, that Ring of Honor would still be in business today. Okay, I'm going to let you all stop laughing too. Okay. <laughs> Jeez, get out of here. And he said, because if you could have booked me and Cass versus the Briscoes versus the Gorillas of Destiny, that would have sold out Madison Square Garden. What the f- 
fuck are you smoking, dude? Yeah. Didn't they ban that fake weed shit, that K2 shit? was messing with your brains, man. Listen, that match might have sold out, but it would have been for the other two teams, not because it would sell more tickets if you guys weren't in that match. Because, I mean, when you think of Ring of Honor, you do. You think of the Briscoes. You think of FTR. You think of G.O.D. You think of CM Punk. Brian Those Danielson, three right there, what I was going to say, would have yeah, sold out. Delirious, <laughs> even. You know, you think of all those names, and then you think Enzo and Cass. Bada boom, fakest guy in the room. How you doing? And then he keeps saying that they took these girls back to their house. They all weigh <laughs> 350 pounds apiece, man. God, I love that Simon got shoot. Even as even as <laughs> Nikes are fake. <laughs> the only thing real about you is you're a guy. Oh man, uh, and this isn't, I guess, nice. Someone threw so this lady in Peoria, uh, Illinois, at a live event this past Saturday night. Wasted a fifteen dollar beer by throwing it at Scarlet at the live event, and she was removed from the uh from the arena oh yeah i mean that's gonna happen but what kind of heat is scarlet drawing that a lady threw a beer yeah i don't get it i don't i'm trying i was trying to figure out the only i could think of was like oh you had sex you cheat my man cheated on on me with you uh that's very unlikely that a random wrestling fan uh, had an affair with scarlet so yeah i don't know i think the only the only way i could see it is uh, kind of like Britt Baker. She runs down the towns and the people and things like that. She deserves a beer to the face by someone just getting offended, let's say. But sure. Scarlett doesn't even do anything but just walk in black and white next to her husband. I don't know what the hell the difference is. I was like, I I just, that's, man, that's some old school Memphis shit, man. Right. I, like I said, I really, really, oh, the DeLorean time machine. I would love to go back to a good Lawler Memphis era and just sit in the crowd. Oh, hell yeah. Watch old ladies just slapping wrestlers across a fake oh, uh, across talk- face and hawking loogies on them. Yeah, Cornette talks about that shit all the time. He says people would put, like, fucking drain cleaner and squirt guns and squirt them. <laughs> Dude, how many people got stabbed during back in the day? And the other thing was they didn't wise up the cops. So the cops had no fucking clue what was a work and what was a shoot. Which is really funny about the wrestlers, too, because that whole, like, Arn and Sid thing. Cops weren't called, man. Those guys, everybody just took care of it right there together that night. (laughs) Um, I know you didn't, so I'll fill you in on what you did not watch for Raw, SmackDown, Rampage, and Dynamite. First, I'm going to go just kind of random order here, but... Man, a moment got me this past week on Dynamite. Soraya officially announcing that she is medically cleared and she is going to be facing Britt Baker. When she said, and how she did it, you know, and you heard in the beginning is how she faked the, uh, it's bad news, whoop, for Britt. Uh, But when she said the words that she's cleared, you watch her chin just dimple up in 80 spots because she's trying to hold in tears. She turns her head to the other side and is like puts her hand on her nose. She's trying to keep it together. It was a good moment, man. It's real. And 
Look, all joking aside about everything that she's done, she and she brings it up in that promo. My my worst moments of my life were aired out in all public. I can't I couldn't have gotten any lower, but I'm trying to rebuild. I'm like, it's true. Look at people fuck up and do some bad things. But she didn't do herself. You know what I mean? And she's owning sure. up and I am actually anticipating a pretty decent match with her and Baker this coming Saturday. I think it could be pretty good. I'm excited to see her wrestle again. And yeah, we'll, we'll go from there with it. it I, I, did you even get to see clips of any of this stuff? By I the did way? not know, but uh, right on yep. dude, by the way, thanks for being a real good uh, news digger and, you know, learning and, and paying attention and watching all this shit. Good job. Way to bring that shit hey, to the podcast. Hey, hey, good job. hey man, it's rough in the streets. All right. I got you. If we were making as much uh, money as Nightwing hoped we would, it'd be a different story. <laughs> Speaking of Nightwing, I'm pretty sure he may have called this one. Or he said, I think it could be her. Mia Yim returns to WWE and joins the OC. <sighs> I don't get it. Yeah, I was like, man, whatever. I was like, at least she's not in retribution this time. Yes. That's at least, that's a plus. Now, Sarah Logan returns to WWE, which um, I, I had been kind of hoping for for a while, but apparently she is only back as a manager, at least for right now, with her husband, who's a part of the Viking Raiders. Um, since they changed their names, I don't even know I, which one yeah. she's married to any, anymore. But the issue I have with this is did some digging around, and there's been a lot of reports. Her new look is is based off of another indie wrestler's gimmick. Okay. So is it... Now, okay, we can't answer this question, but I'll throw it out I there. saw a picture of the other person, I saw it by too. the way. I saw it, too. Okay. Yep, yep, I saw it. Did Sarah Logan look at her and be like, I'm going to totally take that? Or what I've seen is it's pretty traditional Viking garb. It's not like this person. It's not like Finn Balor and Funny Bone. That's pretty distinct. That's where I'm going with it's this not, because I see, I don't a think lot it's of the guys all. I saw, a lot of the guys from uh, California were like, yo, they did it to Bone. Why wouldn't they do it to to this person? I'm like, ah, shit. I mean, I think it's pretty traditional it's, Viking shit. So, like, if you look at, like, Viking lore, you're going to see that same look all over the place. So it's not like, and they're very, let me do, they had a Viking wedding. So I don't think that it's a ripoff. I think okay. she just went, this is like Viking garb. This is how I'm going to dress. I didn't know Viking garb was half blackface. Oh, fuck yeah. You got to see the Northmen. That shit's crazy. <laughs> it is. Uh, well, you know what's really crazy? The next couple of things. I can't wait to go through these. Um, I watched Nikki Cross have a match against Dana Brooke, and I'm like, well, I don't see her losing to Dana Brooke. She just came back. So if she beats her, does that mean she's going to have the 24-7 title? And that she did. <laughs> what I loved is that first, uh, it looks like she is aligned with damage control. Bailey yeah. and Sky and... Sky and Ty. Ty and Sky. Ty, yeah. It, Ty and Sky. Ty, yeah. <laughs> so I mess that up every time. And it looks like they're going to be set up for their War Games match, which is against uh, Bianca Belair, maybe Asuka, Alexa Bliss, a couple of them. But after she wins the title, she's walking backstage. At first, I love Nikki Cross's gimmick. She's very just 
psycho. She's barely paying attention. Everyone is telling her what to do or whatever, like damage control. They're like, you could do this, blah, blah, blah. And she's just walking, looking up at the ceiling, like all happy. And she throws, she went to carelessly throw the title into the trash. Bricked. <laughs> and fucking missed. It was a brick. A brick is the absolute best word you could say because <laughs> in basketball, when it hits the rim and bounces off, that's a brick. And it's exactly what happened. It hit the rim of the garbage can and just fell to the other side. And I was like, Oh, and it's funny because damage, damage control, both a couple of them like look back like, uh, like, but I'm like, we're live, pal. Keep it going. Cross kept going. You know, she heard it hit the ground and not the trash, but you keep going. It's just really funny. But the next day, the title was moved on their website to their retired titles. Uh Uh-huh. Thank God for that. And... Our truth is your greatest champion of all time with that, no matter what. <laughs> all right, I man, mean... there's an open challenge. There oh, is an God. open challenge for the U.S. title. That's a good time to cash in a Money in the Bank briefcase. You know, I didn't even catch in how stupid that I catch how stupid that was till Lil John said it the next day. And I was like, oh, my God, you're absolutely right. That didn't even hit me. I'm like, I I thought it was weird that he was even doing it for the U.S. title. But I'm like, okay, look at in 2K games, for some weird reason, it's like, do you want to cash in on the Intercontinental title? Why the fuck would I want to do that? This is a world title contract, isn't it? But it's okay. There we go. That's what he's trying to do. I guess he's going to take the title from him. That sucks because I have Seth Rollins in the league. Ah. Oh, my God. Seth Rollins just defended that? <laughs> Right, hey, that's more because I get for titles. You. I I get points for the cash in for the uh, the IC title, all of it. It was great. Yeah, I but think I don't get why it happened. I think it was just their way to get out of it. Just to say you're not doing anything with this briefcase, and the longer you hold it, the longer we ought to explain it. So fuck it. Go to cash in, and you're gonna lose. Do you think it's because originally theory was quote unquote McMahon's boy, and they're like, look at it, it, it's okay or whatever but like you're no bigger than a gargano or any of the other guys so there's no time to push you right now is it scaling back or do you think like or do you think it's like pure like he may even go all the way back to nxt or just kind of scaling back to midcard i mean it could be all a bit of both i mean i think i mean because who the fuck knows who the fuck knows what would have happened if vince were still there he might have fucking won the world title and the thing oh, is, Cornette would have cashed him by now. Yeah, Cornette, you know, loves theory, I and mean, I definitely think he's got the chops. He's a great worker, you know, and he's he's got the look. But why do we care about him? And why? I mean, furthermore, why do we hate him? There, there's nothing to him. He has no substance. So maybe it is time to go back to NXT and reinvent yourself. I could see that. I'd be okay with it. Um, you know what I'm okay with? The Usos retained mm-hmm. the titles against the New Day. Thank God. And they are the longest reigning WWE Tag Team Champions in history. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Because we the ones. Yeet. Uh, but, you know, to close this one out, we were wrong on a couple of the people winning the world title eliminator matches. Yeah. I thought Roosh was definitely going over, but Bandito won. Yeah. Not only does he get the contract recently, but also wins the match. And so does Ethan Page. I don't get that. 
but okay. Hey, well, let me tell you something. I have Ethan Page, and I was like, yeah, baby, that is more points. I was having a great week last week. That's probably why I'm in second now. Uh, they pushed off, or Brian Cage won, but uh, they pushed off the Ricky Starks-Lance Archer match until tonight, uh, saying that Starks was injured. Hmm. I, like They kayfabed it, but I'm not sure what the reason is. Yeah, I don't know. But we're also losing time because uh, full gear is this Saturday night. Holy fuck. Yep, there is that. So let's talk about full gear. Let's see what uh, you think is happening. We'll go backwards here. World title eliminator finals. So you're likely going to have... So it's either Archer, Starks, Cage, Page, or uh, Bandito. I'm going to go on a limb and say that it's either Starks, a come-from-behind thing, right? (coughs) Excuse me. Or, I think Bandito. Uh, you know what? I'm with you a thousand percent. Uh, yeah. Starks or Bandito is going to be the one. Bandito, it's still too early to me. I don't like it. At least Starks has got the charisma. Uh, but that also is going to make for an interesting title match, depending on who wins. So pre-pandemic and when the pandemic hit, Bandito was your Ring of Honor World Champion sure, for several months. Sure, no, I know. So, I just don't think not you... unheard of is what I'm saying. No, absolutely. So I mean, okay, so this is all right. So here's here's I'll call it this way. Uh, I have my prediction for the AEW title match. We'll get there when we get there. But as far as the, the Eliminator Finals, if Bandito wins, MJF wins. If Starks wins, Moxley retains. Oh, I see it opposite. I see because Starks is over. He's a he's a face. That's perfect to go against MJF. Yeah, There's no way him. MJF is walking out of this thing as a face and like actually no. acting face. He's gonna be yes. doing something. But everybody's over. There's really no heels True. in AEW. The only real Thank heels you. MJF. <laughs> All right, fair enough. So we'll move on. And Samoa um, Joe now. Yeah, well, oh, that was awesome. I look at—I've been wanting that for a Dude. while, and that was great. But shit, camera work by the yeah. moment that Joe goes to choke him out, they show Powerhouse Hobbs again. I go doing too much at once. Yep. Yeah, man. Hey, I, there's nothing better than seeing fucking Samoa Joe lock in that clutch and just drop <sighs> to the ground. I'm huge fan of it. Go to sleep. Um, speaking of, again, the league. You'll be taking home some points because there is no way Soraya loses her first match no. back in however many years. Mm-hmm. Uh, and you took her, so her and Britt Baker. Uh, we have a steel cage match with Jungle Jack taking on Lucha Show. Who cares? I guess I would. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it could be a good spot moment, but best of that, that's it. Nothing else. Yeah. I think Jungle Boy walks away with the win, though. It makes sense. Um, the match that everybody has been longing for for I don't know how many years. <laughs> Darby Allen and Sting taking on Jay Lethal and Jeff Jarrett. This smells like TNA and WCW. Uh yeah. It. I mean, literally, it does. Yeah, yeah. Slap nuts. <laughs> oh, I can't get on board with it. Um, Jade Cargill. Technically defending her TBS title, but Nyla Rose has been walking around with it for the better half of the month. Uh, there. So Nyla Rose will be defending the non the title she doesn't really have. Yeah, Jade. They're both defending a title in a way. Anyway, um, I want to say Cargill 
takes the win, but I also am okay with her finally taking a loss in a shit way with Nyla Rose having uh, Vicky Guerrero and other people in her corner. I'd be okay with Cargo losing. Yeah, I don't know that Move I her do. onto the world title. Yeah, yeah, I still don't know if she's ready for that. My thing is, uh, you know, cut the shit, ODM. <laughs> with Nyla Rose, man, that ship sailed such a long time ago because they botched it with her. When you put the title on Riho instead of this fucking the Native Beast is her fucking nickname. She should have been the women's champ from the get go. She should have been. Until they figured it out, and then you could have, then you put it on Brit. But I just, I, I don't see it. Keep it on that bitch. Hmm. We'll find out. Uh, Ring of Honor World Title is being defended in a four-way match. You know, it's funny to me that Chris Jericho said he's the only he's going to defend against all former Ring of Honor champions. The fuck is Sammy Guevara doing in this match? <laughs> but it is Brian Danielson and Claudio Castagnoli. So I think it has the room to be probably the match stealer of the night, likely, uh, with some good moments, good spots. Yeah. I don't think we're going to get a title change, though, unless you see a very, uh, like you called Brian Danielson heel. If he goes he absolutely win the title that heel way. and fucks over Claudio mm-hmm. and then wins the title, Fuck yeah. man, I would be absolutely okay with Call that. Call my shot. But that makes too much sense, hey. and Jericho doesn't go over, so Jericho's probably going to retain. Yeah. Well, I will say, I mean, no one expected Danielson to kick uh, AJ Styles on the deck that time and win the title on SmackDown. So he does like to just come out of nowhere with his heel Yeah, turns. man. Oh, remember, hey, remember the hemp belt? That was so cool. Yeah. I loved that. Um, you have the interim world champion, <laughs> interim women's champion, whatever you want to call it. Tony Storm is defending against Jamie Hayter. I kind of think there's no way you can not put the title on Hayter at this moment. I think it you can keep the feud going, but at least this will be your, I think it could be one of your bigger pops of the night. I completely disagree. You don't think it, it's going to happen? It, it's too. I think it's too early for Hater. Yeah, she's over, but a lot of people get over, and without doing too much, it's you can't just put the title on her because she's quote unquote over. Yes, the crowd's behind her; she's getting a lot of respect, and well, she should. But fucking quell that for a little bit. Tony Storm was a huge pop; that was a big name to sign, and they've been fumbling with her. Let her hold the title. The women's division is still a disaster. Let her keep the title title for now. Her and Hater can have a feud for a while or they can revisit it. I think it makes more sense to keep it on Storm. I think she retains. But then again, again, mine's based on logic, so who the fuck knows? Yeah, but mine's based on uh, the the Fantasy League. I have Jamie Hater. Okay, um, there's one match I don't have on here. (laughs) (laughs) See, I knew this league was going to cloud our judgment. I knew it was going to cloud our judgment in this show, man. We're over here voting on people just so we could win. Uh, A match that's not on here, but I forgot to have it written in here, is the tag match that I I was mad that they ended up doing, not FTR, but it's uh, Acclaimed versus Swirly 3 for the tag titles. Yep. I think Acclaimed wins, and officially, this is the night that Swerve will turn on Keith Lee. Yeah, makes sense. 
They've been Would it be fantastic if Lee turned on him first? See, I thought about that. I just don't see it with Keith Lee. He just doesn't. But you don't have to have a feud with them. Let them both be heel. Him as a big guy, as a heel, he could probably do decent. But let them just, he just turns on him, walks away, and says, I have other aspirations. Yeah, but that makes it, no, because if they don't have a feud after that, then it makes one of them look like a bitch. Oh, that's true. But guess what? Every time they have a feud after something, it doesn't matter anyway. (laughs) All right, but look, we're going to get into the world title. I feel like there's no way MJF loses. I feel like he's got to be winning this one. Agreed. Agreed. It's it's time, so to speak. It's time, especially with the the pop that he got, you know, coming back. Um, You know, it could have been done a little bit better. To me, it seemed a little bit underwhelming. But be that as it may, he is the best. I mean... Well, hang He's on, the hang best. on, hang on. The best. His, you're saying the best. The, the best. <laughs> I miss Proud and Powerful. Um, I you saying that his comeback was underwhelming? It's because all anybody could care about was a media scrum. You were drunk. It's you not don't his know what fault. the hell was happening when it happened. <laughs> Yo. <laughs> when the lights went out, I woke up and stood up and started clapping. Like I was there the whole <laughs> That was good. <laughs> I stood up and the first words out of my mouth were, I'll agree. <laughs> you asshole. All right, let's bring something to the table. Just bring it, bitch. Oh, my God. Keeping the theme going of you mocking the shit out of me. Uh, last week we figured something out that I hadn't figured out in 38 years. And I want to say thank you to little John gave me a text on the side. Hey man, for whatever it's worth, I always thought it was Henning too. So apparently it's Kurt Hennig. Hennig. I'm Mr. Perfect. (laughs) Bobby Heenan in the Heenan family. (laughs) They know what love is. I think I ruined your roommate's bathrobe. All right, man, what do you got coming this week to the table? <laughs> a fresh bathrobe, apparently. Um, I was uh, doing my normal thing, came across a random video of uh, Kimbo Slice's, you know, backyard fights and his uh, his first M- uh, UFC fight, which was kind of underwhelming. Um, but everybody that's watched him knows what a bad motherfucker he was. Now, in watching his first U- UFC match, they mentioned... Where he trained. Do you know where he trained? Not a clue. America Top Team. Really? Yeah. I kind of popped for Did that. I'm like, know holy that. shit. I'm like, that's, that's, that's fucking awesome. And then, He's a Dan Lambert guy. Yeah, the Dan <laughs> Lambert guy. <laughs> the best part is it made me also think about the time I was at your apartment and uh, I think Bob Lonsberry's daughter was there. <laughs> she was dating a buddy no. of yours or something. No, 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 no. Her boyfriend was there. Oh, and I thought she was there. Okay. He started talking some shit because uh, he saw a picture of my sister on the like end table uh, and started talking some shit. And I was like, you guys want to see a guy go out the fucking second story window? <laughs> <laughs> you were like, you need to come out and smoke with me, man. Hang out. Let's calm down. The best part yeah. is we were there to watch UFC. And Kimbo Slice was supposed to fight Ken Shamrock. 
Yep. Shamrock got hurt. Some dude with pink hair came out. I'm like, who the fuck is this? And he beat the shit out of Kimbo Slice. If I'm not mistaken, it was Slice's last fight in the UFC. Yeah, got his ass whooped. Yep, and like 15 yep, that was an seconds. awesome one. Yeah, I almost threw that dude out of the fucking window. Man. Oh my <laughs> god, I was like, and he was like, "You okay? Don't fucking touch me. Get the fuck away from me right now, it's man." Bring it I to was, the table. Not throw I had somebody a different anger table. problem back then. Yeah, well, I, <laughs> back I, I, then, huh? <laughs> All right, man. Uh, that being said, I was about to bring something else to the table. I'm like, let's bring something to the table. All right, man, let me bring a wrestler to the table. Wrestler of the week. You know, a lot of people think history is just facts. It's just information about the past. I know a lot of people like to believe that. I wish I could, but I was there. I wasn't here in a classroom hoping I was right, thinking about it. Well, pussies like you, we're back there partying. Putting headbands on, doing drugs, listen to the goddamn Beatle albums. Ah! Ah! Hey, hey, Professor, take it easy, will you? About three years ago, Holmes, in Minneapolis, Minnesota, Vato, your home state. That's right, Vato. In the shower, in the locker room. Oh, man, I was high, bro. I was high, high, high. And I don't remember much about that night, I said, but what I do remember, that they carried me out of that arena and they carried me straight into rehab. And see, they didn't do that. I did that to myself, Vato. But that was just the beginning of it, I said. Because see, through all that time, bro, through all those three years, not only did I wind up losing my job, I lost my wife, I lost my kids, and I lost myself. I disgraced my race, I disgraced my family, and I disgraced myself. Do or die. And you know what I say? I did, because I'm here right now. Day by day, by the grace of God, I have earned my way back into this ring, man. Day by day, by the grace of God, I have earned the respect of my kids again. Day by day, I have earned my life back. And see, Holmes, when I stand across you and I see that across your waist, you know what that symbolizes for me, I say? I'm sorry. That's my way of telling my family I'm sorry. That's my way of telling my kids I'm going to provide a better way of life for them. I'm going to get the bikes that they wanted. I'm going to give them a better education. That's my new addiction, home. See, when I step into this ring, yeah, bro, I am addicted. I'm addicted to the high that I get from them. I'm addicted to the high that I get when I go home and I tell my family, hey, I'm doing it. Today, as we record, it marks the 17th anniversary 
of Eddie Guerrero's passing. I still remember where I was. I was working at Zales, the diamond store. And wow. I remember uh, someone texting me about it, and I was just floored because he was in the world title picture. Uh, he was a part of the 2005 SmackDown team for Survivor Series, and it was the very first ever Raw vs. SmackDown Survivor Series. Randy Orton ended up taking this place, unfortunately. Well, fortunately, you know, we'll call it that. Um, you know, before I go into this, I will say that the very first ever real meeting on WWE TV between John Cena and Randy Orton was the Eddie Guerrero tribute show. It's the first time they locked up. Uh, in WWE, obviously, you know, they mm. did their time in OVW. Uh, but I'm going to break down a little bit about Latino Heat from El Paso, Texas. <clears throat> Five eight two hundred and twenty Went by the names of El Caliente, Gory Guerrero Jr., so playing under, you know, that it, that name. Uh, Black Tiger, as we know, when he had his time in New Japan. And, well, this is a big name, Latino Heat. Works for, pro- works for promotions CMLL, AAA, New Japan, IWA, ECW, WCW, and, of course, the big machine, WWE. From 86 to 92, he was in CMLL, and a name that I didn't mention but was waiting till now, he was under the mask and the name of Mascara Mag- Magica. But then when he got to AAA, most notably, as everybody remembers, he tag-teamed with Art Bar. And that's where, remember, they had those uh, American-looking jackets, when he, jackets and they, uh, it, he had the real sick mullets going back then. <laughs> they were the pair of terror and eventually made a stable, uh, stable, which I love this name, Los Gringos Locos. Great name. Uh, where it was him, Bar, Conan, and some others. Of course, in New Japan, from 92 to 96, on and off, where him and Pegasus Kid had some matches. We all know who Pegasus Kid was, and that is Chris Benoit. Benoit, Malenko, and Chris Benoit. Oh, I'm sorry, Benoit, Guerrero, and Malenko all go over to ECW for a little stint before making their way into WCW. And at in April of 95, at Hostile City Showdown, Eddie Guerrero and Dean Malenko stole the show at an extreme championship wrestling event. Tells you a lot, right? They brought wrestling there. That just tells you what the fans were all about, too. They still appreciated all of it, and they tore it up. Getting into WCW, uh, many may not know this. In 1989, as well as in 1991, he was there as a jobber. You know, he would be some of your extras in the World War Three. you know, the 60-man battle royal. Benoit, too. Yeah, to get a couple. Yep, and same with him, exactly. Uh, but from 95 to 2000, look at he started out with a pretty great feud in 96, feuding with, we talked about it last year, feuding with Ric Flair and the Horsemen for the U.S. title in one of his first years there. And then even capturing the... U.S. title when it was vacant at Starcade 96 against DDP. He's doing great, but then, you know, 
this is where the true stories about Hall and Nash are getting the ear of Bischoff a little more. Ken, unfortunately, did not help Eddie Guerrero because then he just toiled around in the cruiserweight division. You went from U.S. heavyweight champion to your cruiserweight division, as did Dean Malenko. They both went down to the cruiserweight division, but they still were putting on absolute great matches. Um, and, of course, we're in the era right now where he is heel going back and forth with Eddie Guerrero for the cruiserweight championship. And Rey Mysterio. Um, I just said it with Eddie Guerrero. <laughs> I've mean, got a lot of names here. I'm trying to catch up. <laughs> Hennag. <laughs> Eddie Guerrero. Uh, I couldn't even do it if I tried. Now, one of my favorite feuds I actually do remember was in 98. We're going to be coming up on it. Him and Chavo. They had two great feuds in their life. One in WCW, one in WWE. The one in WCW was just so many awesome mind tricks of him beating the piss out of Chavo and trying to quote unquote teach him a lesson to the point where they got a they got into a hair versus hair match. Chavo wins and then shaves his own head. That's some mind shit there, man. That was a good one. Like and it just played right into their you know the whole feud together, which was fantastic. Uh, and then he ends up forming the LWO, Latino World Order. But unfortunately, LWO was cut short due to Eddie getting into a car accident, and he didn't get back until about May of 99 and becomes the leader of the Filthy Animals with Billy Kidman and Rey Mysterio. Now, I got to be honest, I was like, that's exciting. You know, I'm getting into reading all about it. I'm loving it. And their main feud was with Vampiro and the Insane Clown Posse. Jesus Christ, he was gone six months later. Thank God. <sighs> I forgot about ICP. <laughs> right. Fuck, we're actually going to have so to So did I. That. As soon as I read it, I was like, please don't tell me I have a lot more about this I have to dig into for history. <laughs> he gets to WWE, and it was a blessing and a curse within a week. We all remember the infamous showing up at the end of January 2000's Raw episode with the Radicals, Benoit, Malenko, Saturn, and Guerrero. A couple days later, they make their in-ring debut, and while doing a, I mean, we're talking every match for him in his entire career, doing a frog splash, dislocates his elbow on SmackDown. Are you kidding me? Yeah. <laughs> uh, and unfortunately, that was even more of a curse than anything because this was also a bigger downfall with him getting into painkillers more because he had had that car accident just several months earlier while in WCW. Well, now he has this elbow problem and, he, and he's getting into the painkillers and not a good thing for him, of course, as we all come to find out. But what's great is that with a sling worked promos and eventually hooks up with Mamacita. <laughs> him in China. Which was, I got to be honest, at first I was like, this is stupid. When I first started watching it, right? But then you that's where everyone fell in love with Eddie Guerrero. It's the last day you stopped booing him. Even during him and Ray for Dominic, you were people were still like, I fucking still like Eddie. <laughs> it's, it's because he was so funny. And it was the person that everybody was seeing backstage, right? The... The clown, the ribber, guy having a good time. 
he was hysterical. Uh, him and China, their relationship, it was great. You saw a soft side of her too as well. Uh, one of my favorite moments was he convinces the general manager, let me let me be in the match tonight with China and her, or with Kurt Angle and China for the Intercontinental title. Let me be in there as a triple threat just so I can protect her. She gets knocked out and he lays on top of her holding her head like, oh, my mamacita, and takes the pin and ends up becoming the champion and has to act happy but not happy. Right? It, the dude just was fantastic. He was able he was. to sell any storyline. Um, and unfortunately, uh, you know, he showed, or no, you know what, man? One thing I got to go back on. There's a lot of people that watch that promo of Eddie Guerrero uh, where the Bischoff, I'm, I'm pouring coffee on myself. I want to go back to WCW on this for a second. Uh, a lot of people think that was the end. That was pretty much right there, and then he went over to WWE with the Radicals. That was in 98. He did that and then came back and formed the LWO. It was like a work shoot promo. Mm. Always found that a little bit, you know, because there was contradicting stories with Guerrero and uh, Bischoff. I just always wanted to – I thought that was kind of an interesting thing, I, but I do know, love that because I thought it was – I always thought that promo was mm. towards the very, very end, like December 98 or something like that. <laughs> yeah, right. Yeah, it's one of those weird things where I think I think because you hear it when Jericho talks about it a lot at that point, it's I think Bischoff just didn't care and he was just like, all right, yeah, go ahead, do your thing. You know what I mean? Yep. So he just ran with it and they didn't give a shit. Back to uh, Mamacita, the Latino Heat. That's the other thing. This is the birth of the Latino Heat era, right? And that's it's him and China. But one of my favorite things is that China was selected to pose for Playboy. And they ran with it in the storyline. Eddie even shows up to the Playboy Mansion being a jealous boyfriend. He just, again, sold everything. Um, but in May of 2001, as you kind of heard in the promo in the beginning of this thing with him, you know, that promo was him against Lesnar right before the No Way Out match. And it's a very infamous Eddie Guerrero promo. But he was sent to rehab. And while doing his stint in rehab, ends up getting a DWI in November of 2001 and was fired pretty much like a day or two later. What I respect about Eddie Guerrero is that he just hit the ground running right after that. It was a wake-up call for him because not only did he lose that, he lost his family. Vicky took the kids and took off. He had to get everything back during that time. He hit the indie circuits and... Most notably, his time was in IWA, and he became the world champion there and feuded and had a good match with CM Punk and Rey Mysterio. Rey had not debuted in WWE at this time. He had finished WCW and took a long time before even making it over there. Because I think Rey didn't show up until mid-2002, or summer of 2002. Post-invasion angle. And that's the other thing. Eddie could have been great to have around during the invasion angle, but wasn't due to all these issues but he comes back the monday after mania in april of 2002 that's cool i never realized that he was a surprise comeback that night you know i mean i knew he came back but didn't know it was the raw after mania which we know is a huge night generally um him and chris benoit they are a tag team and and they both get drafted over to smackdown he has a feud with edge which was really really good uh but 
that is where he begins teaming with his nephew, Chavo, and they become the Los Guerreros. And that is the birth of the lying, cheating, and stealing. All the vignettes. My favorite one. I'm sure I've said it on here. The golf one. Ma'am, we're here to take care of your pool. Oh. And and, they go, and he goes, no, you don't want to do that. And he goes, because it could spring a leak. He goes, yeah, you don't want water in the pool. It could get wet. Oh, my God. They were hysterical. The golf. Uh, let's see. Uh and I can't count in Spanish anymore, but he's like, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven. Uh, give me two. They <laughs> they were fantastic in those in those vignettes. But if you follow along with the uh the cheating death stealing life or cheating life stealing death, whatever documentary it is, as well as his book. Read his book, by the way, um, several years ago. It was pretty much right after he died. Uh, but in the documentary as well. You'll see that the times that him and Vicky Guerrero are getting back together, his head is shaved. And his head was shaved when he got with Chavo and they did the Los Guerrero stuff. He had mm-hmm. not like bald, but it was like a, a good right. crew cut. Crew cut, yeah. Um, and it's cool to know that at around that time when just the crowd is really eating him up and he's getting over, he's looking great, he's looking healthy, his life is getting back on track too. And what's cool is that WWE, I think, you know, for all the faults of Vince McMahon and everything that they've ever done, right, that we shit on them for, this was really, really cool because they rewarded him in the right way. He had a U.S. title feud with Big Show where he sprayed him with fucking sewage, which was gross but funny. Um, Feuds with nephew Chavito for a little bit, and they even bring Chavo Sr., Chavo Classic, into the mix for it. And then after Chris Benoit wins the Royal Rumble in 2004, and he shows up on Raw the next night, SmackDown general manager at the time, I I could have been Teddy Long, I can't remember 100% who it was, and I actually was Teddy, said, well, we got to have someone who's going to be going for our title, so we're going to have a Royal Rumble of our own. And Eddie won the SmackDown Royal Rumble and was going to face Brock Lesnar at No Way Out. I mean, the moment speaks for itself. Anybody who has ever been a fan of Eddie Guerrero has watched him defeat Brock Lesnar. Brock was leaving the company. Unfortunately... A person I don't like, Oldberg, got involved in the match because they were building him and Lesnar to both of their demise at WrestleMania 20. Uh, But Eddie, he he helped Eddie get over. Lesnar helped Eddie get over. Both men. And it was huge to me. And, And I loved it because it was a swing in a new era because it was all the big guys, your Triple H's, Batista's, everybody who were always in the main event picture, right? It was like when it was Hogan and all the big guys, and then all of a sudden you gave it to Brett and Sean. This, to me, was WrestleMania 20, No Way Out, uh, 2004. Eddie, Benoit, sharing those moments, came full circle in a great way, seeing guys who were your fucking cruiserweight champions or best of super junior champions right. in New Japan are your world champions. Don't care what you think about Benoit. The ending of WrestleMania 20 is easily one of my favorite moments of all time for WrestleMania. Seeing the confetti coming down and both of them legit crying in the ring because it was just, yeah. 
However many year journey for both of them, 20 years easily at that point, probably. Now, he has an immediate feud with JB with JBL, who is now just completely changed from being APA and all of a sudden comes out and he's like, by the way, I'm a cowboy and I hate Mexicans. No bullshit. That's pretty much exactly what he yeah. did. Went to Mexico, to the border, all that stuff. Gave Eddie's mom a kayfabe heart attack. Hmm. Now, at Judgment Day, hoo-hoo, this is one of the most bloodiest things I've ever seen is when JBL hits Guerrero with a chair. Eddie Blades, uh, touched too much. Or hits an artery. Don't know what it was. But he was just pouring buckets out of his face. They had to call the match a DQ. I'm not sure if JBL was supposed to win the match that night. But it went, like, Eddie couldn't even see. But he was somehow still managing to wrestle. The next month, they have a bull rope match. And on a stupid technicality, because general manager Kurt Angle saw it happen, JBL touched the four corners technically before Eddie Guerrero did. And he wins the title. And Eddie was never a WWE champion again. Oh, man. I'll get to that in a moment. Uh, From there, he actually ends up winning the tag straps with Rey Mysterio right before WrestleMania 21. And then they end up having a match together at WrestleMania 21 because it was billed as the first time two tag team champions will go one-on-one. And they were both good guys. But it was a match just to put on a classic. Let's have our WrestleMania moment. Well, and Ray went over, and that's what exactly sent Eddie into his final turn of his career as he went full heel. Says to Eddie, or says to Ray, I am gonna reveal a secret. And if I if you beat me, I won't reveal that secret. But if I beat you, I'm revealing it. Even though he got his ass beat, Guerrero still reveals the secret. That he is Dominic's poppy. I'm your poppy. That all began that whole angle. Yeah. Funny to go back and see little Dominic at that time. And now yeah, you right. see him in Judgment Day. Just really weird. Then uh, he ends up getting into a world title feud with Batista. For the last several months of his career. And it was... I actually was really into the storyline, I thought he was going to end up fucking him over at the right time to win the title. Batista and Eddie were on-screen friends. They were off-screen friends, but on-screen they were friends, but Eddie kept doing that little smirk, like, I'll fuck you over. And then when Batista looked, he's like, hey, hey, buddy, 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 why are we not? We were good. It was awesome. And then he passed, and it sucked because... I don't know where that feud could have went. I, I kind of was hoping he would have won the world title again. And in the Raw and SmackDown to follow after he passed away, two just tremendous uh, tribute shows. Owens was really hard because of the circumstances. Right. Eddie's really tough to see because Chavo there. <laughs> Unfortunately, at this point, Chavo was blonde and Kerwin white. Thank, I hate to say that, you know, a blessing and a curse, but the death right. of Eddie at least stopped the Kerwin White storyline. I mean, but if I'm not sure if the Peacock Network is going to have it or not. But if you want to check it out, I know they don't have the exact music rights and they changed it, but 
watch the Benoit uh, interview segment where he's backstage. You know, they do just oh, I've seen guys him. sitting there backstage, him losing it over his friend and because they traveled up and down the road together. And, I mean, as best friends, as brothers, and they were, you know, that's just what they were. Um, Eddie moving to SmackDown when he came back and Benoit going there, you know, part of the SmackDown 6, I think that it was a strategic plan to put Benoit and Eddie there. Kind of like, look at you be there, you're his buddy, you know, you can keep him sober. And it sucks because he did get clean and then unfortunately passed away. Um, unfortunately, this is probably the downfall of Chris Benoit, as many people would, you know, kind of relate that to. Uh, but one of the the best interviews in that thing is was Stephanie. Her interview, she said just a week ago, Eddie said, and I'm going to tell you, Stephanie, I'm going to be WWE champion again one day. And she goes, and he believed it, and I believed in it too. And she's like, and he died a champion. And I'm like, it's a good one, man. It, in both, uh, John Cena was your world champion. At the end of Raw, he put his... I'm your poppy shirt down in the ring and put the title right on top of it and walked out after defeating Randy Orton. And then SmackDown opens with Batista coming out, driving the low rider. Yeah, I remember that. Crying in the ring and then leaving his world title on the hood of the car at the beginning of SmackDown and it sat there the entire night. Raw's video package was originally Johnny Cash's Hurt. Oh, now, I don't know what it, what they use. It's some song I've never really heard. But the Peacock version is still the same. It's three doors down here without you. Hmm. And it's just, both of them are just gut-wrenching. Uh, but good, very, very, very good tributes. Um, but now let me get into it. You know, one thing that always bothered me, and I will kind of say I was kind of the guy. The, the running joke before, you know, I had a heart was, all right. How long does Eddie have left on his contract that Vicky is on TV this fucking much right now? You know, all the years on SmackDown, people are like, <laughs> what the fuck? But then it kind of, she grew on me. She really did as a character, you know, and I'm sure that, you know, it wasn't the reason everybody was always thinking. I kind of said it. A lot of people did, but um, she held her own throughout time. And who would have thought that she was the one that would have carried on the Guerrero name in WWE right. post-Eddie? But... He was a AAA tag team champion with Art Barr and a AAA Hall of Famer. ECW television champion twice. He won the New Japan Best of Super Juniors in 96. Cruiserweight champion in WCW as well as the U.S. champion. Uh, Cruiserweight champion twice. In WWE, of course, he did win that WWE title from Brock Lesnar. European champion twice. U.S. title in WWE once as well as the IC champion twice. Tag team champion four times. Two with Chavo. One, he had to kind of retain or regain with Tajiri when Chavo got hurt. And one with Rey Mysterio. And, of course, he is a WWE Hall of Famer. Uh, one side note, again, as to how over Eddie was. I think I've told this story before. But in 2003, he and Tajiri had to lose, or they, they dropped their titles to the world's greatest tag team in Rochester. Same exact night <clears throat> that Zach Gowan defeated uh, Brock Lesnar. Or no, uh, defeated Big Show in the, the main event with one leg because everybody, uh, Brock Lesnar and Kurt Angle came to help him out. But that was in Rochester. Uh-huh. Earlier in the night, 
not only did they lose the tag titles, Guerrero was pissed because Tajiri was thrown into the low rider, and because of the crack in the windshield, oh. he gets really pissed and turns completely heel, beats the living fuck out of Tajiri, throwing him through the windshield and everything. And all the rest of myself and Rochester could do was just cheer. We were still like, yeah, Eddie. Woo. We're like, we don't give a fuck about the Jerry. Fuck him. Yeah, good job. Yeah, right. It was the right person. <laughs> oh, it was awesome. But that's the point, man. That's how over he was. The moment you saw Latino Heat, you saw the comedy side of who he was. You know, it's kind of like Kevin Owens. I'll never really see him as a heel. We've seen too much of a good side of him. Like The Rock, yeah, yeah. even when he went heel again, you were still cheering heel rock because once you saw the great funny side of him, you were like, I can't boom. He's fucking awesome. Unfortunately, kind of the same with Maxwell for me. But closing it out, the professor's match of the week for a newbie wrestler. You know, I wanted to say his, you know, title match with Lesnar. But you want to see a real Eddie Guerrero match? Find yourself watching April 1995 ECW Hostile City Showdown. Him and Dean Malenko stealing the show at an ECW pay-per-view. Again, Extreme Championship Wrestling, and they walk in and just put on a wrestling match. Crowd ate it up. It's actually one of my favorite Eddie Guerrero matches of all time. Check it out. Hope you guys enjoy it. And... I'm sure in the next segment, we'll actually be bringing his name up. So, let's go to the fucking wars. Marty, you've got to come back with me. Where? Back to the future. Wait a minute, Doc. What are you talking about? What happens to us in the future? We're going to become assholes or something? Give me a hell yeah. You want a war? You're going to get me. Mick Foley is going to win their world title. Has been paid for by the New World Order. Come on, Vince. Step into the ring. My God, the battle lines have been drawn! D-Generation X invades WCW tonight! Austin 316 says I just whipped your ass. Have a nice day! Again, you work for you! Twenty-four little hours. You know, and we all have our 15 minutes of fame, and I'd like to take a couple of my 15 minutes to talk about the rights and the wrongs in the world of professional wrestling. For the first and only time in wrestling history, a wrestler was on... Same night television while running the same exact time on both shows. Good for you, Ric Flair. Or, yeah, Rick Rude. Jesus. It, it's, uh, you know, all right, let me start over. <laughs> nope, I'm starting over. Fuck you now. I'm starting over. <laughs> oh, what a difference. Oh, wow. Wow. You fucking piece of shit. <laughs> wow.
Wow. All right. All right. Yo, just so you know, you're fucked for the wars. I was nice, cool, calm, collected. You just brought this out of me. Here we go. Let's go to the fucking wars. Here we go. Hang on. I don't even know how I'm coming into this here. We're at the fucking Monday Night Wars. Here we go, man. It is. This guy's over here covering his mouth. What the fuck is you? What do you speak no evil over there? Just holding your hand over your mouth the whole rest of the show? Just a good part of me. Well, I guess the advantage of uh, one show taping live and the other one being taped the, the week before, well, you could be in two places at the same time, according to cable TV. Oh, God. Good job. Good job, Rick Rude. Way to use that to your advantage, Eric Bischoff. I mean, I, <clears throat> I thought last week giving away the you're such a knockout guy and giving away that Bret Hart was coming over, that was a big thing just one night after Montreal screw job. But having Rick Rude on both shows, that's just fantastic. The only guy in the history to, to pull double duty, same same kind of style, doing wrestling. Like, all right, maybe like John Cena might be on Psych after TV. That doesn't count because that was, you know, a, sh- a tape show. Was he on Psych? Yeah. I don't know, man. Psych? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> you really had my interest there for a second. Yeah, man. Well, you've thrown me off already today. All right. <laughs> I, geez, I'm all rattled. <clears throat> Rick Road. Uh, Rick Road. All right, man. Go ahead. Just fucking. All right, Monday. Monday night. <laughs> Monday Raw. Jesus Christ. Go. I'm not even talking okay. for this fucking thing, man. You throw me way off. <laughs> oh, that's why this is so much fun, though. You'll get it back. Don't is worry. Is it? Don't, don't worry. You'll get it back. What are we at? November 17th, 1997, starting with Raw. Get a recap of the main event from last week. Uh, Another one of those things where after Raw went off the air, more shit happened. Basically, Slaughter confronts DX and restarts the match. Takes out Shawn Michaels, shoves him to the ground, Shamrock rolls him up, and Slaughter counts a three. Shawn Michaels wasn't even in the fucking match, yet commentary had to point out that it wasn't an official result. (laughs) <laughs> oh, that's amazing. That's like that's just how dumb he is. He just grabbed some guy and they were like, ah, let him have it. Look at he's not the smartest guy. I, I mean, look you. at his official promo. I was just gonna say the promo. I'm not wrestling you. I don't know you. <laughs> oh god, that's fantastic. All right, opening up the show, we get Austin coming to the ring. He's facing Rocky Maivia at the In Your House uh, DX pay-per-view. Grabs the mic. This is great. He says, turn the damn music off. I'm already in the ring. Then he leaves the ring, goes to the other side, gets back in the ring. Then he gets out of the ring, and then he walks on commentary. Then he gets back into the ring. Uh, Okay. He calls Rocky out, says, bring your sorry ass out here. I got something for you. Go ahead and play the music so they have something to come out to. He's just fucking with Kevin Dunn, apparently, tonight. <laughs> I don't know. Nation comes out. Rocky sends. This is You're starting to see. Man, Rocky's really starting to take charge of things, man. He sends the Nation to the ring, and he stays. He actually goes to the back. They surround the ring. D'Lo goes in, stomps a mud hole in him, stunner. Rocky slides in during the melee, steals the title. Austin's smiling the whole time like, you sneaky bastard. Gives him the double birds. Austin grabs a headset from JR, says, I'm going to get my belt back at the airport while he's going through security. I'm not going anywhere. I'm going to get my revenge tonight. And he's just fucking with JR for the rest of the segment. 
oh, I can't wait. I remembered where this is all going to lead to as soon mm-hmm. as I started watching it. I was like, oh, God, it's getting better. It, it's, and it only gets better from here. Uh, they talk about a couple things uh, after that on commentary. Cornette teases the investigative report into what really happened with Brett and Vince. Uh, Butterbean's back in the crowd. No idea why. Probably has to do with Marrow. That was commentary, not me. (laughs) (laughs) You think, guys? Um, So Marrow and Sable come down. Sable waves at Jellybean. I mean, Butterbean. That was from Cornette. (laughs) (laughs) And naturally, Marrow runs him down. So we got Marrow versus Lawler. Yes, Jerry the King Lawler. Commentary's talking about Sable wearing sunglasses because she got kicked in the head by a horse. Is that horse's name Mark Marrow by any chance? (laughs) And was the kick his fist? I'm just saying. Hit me again, Ike! (laughs) Put some steak Steak on on it! it. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, Brian Christopher comes out, joins commentary. (laughs) Jim Ross, we've said this a million fucking times. What is up with wrestlers and announcers in wrestling? Using the word pal. I don't think you were invited, pal. Never Do you did. know where Sable would be if she stayed with Mark Marrow to this day? She'd be rolling down the river. That's where she'd be. I- I'll give it an eight. All right, thank you. <laughs> because there's no. <laughs> <laughs> Sable's still flirting with uh, Butterbean. Lawler calls for the rope-a-dope. Actually, Christopher calls out. Yeah. So basically, it's 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 a thing where he's taking the punches and then has him go over the top rope. And Cornette goes, well, there's the dope. <laughs> <laughs> Cornette's so great. Uh, Christopher uh, Brian Christopher starts kicking at the table trying to get her number. Uh, Marrow gets distracted by it. Lawler gets the advantage and hits the pile driver. But uh, Sable goes in, uses that whip that she carries, puts it around Lawler's neck and rips him off. It's a DQ. Marrow hits the TKO anyway, and Marrow runs down Sable as they walk to the back because she got him disqualified. All right. All right. <clears throat> Next, we get our Bret Hart expose called Why Bret Why. I like it. Get get sympathy on your side, WWE. Why, well, Brett? Why? Oh my God! Wait, I thought you guys screwed him over. Why, Brett? Why? What did he do? Yeah. Well, they that you want to talk about fucking spinning a story? That's all this was. It was Vince like, all right, Jim, listen, you're gonna sit across from me. You're gonna ask me these questions, and you're gonna fucking listen. Understood? Good. Uh, they show footage of Brett destroying ringside. Uh, the best part is it's 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 Jim Ross and Vince at a table, and there's just a picture of Brett Hart as the backdrop, like he just fucking died or something. It's like the Queen died. <laughs> they got a picture of Brett Hart there. <laughs> <laughs> and he is wearing the jacket. That's probably why I said. Did you? That's probably why I said the Queen. Um, <laughs> now let me ask you this question. All right. Clearly. We will find out in the next part of the wars. This show apparently is taped. Yeah. The question I have mm. is, was McMahon wearing makeup on the eye to make it look like it was a week later? Or, I mean, because it was if it was a black eye and he was punched from Brett Sunday and it was Monday and they tape, or do you think they taped that a little later and just edited it in? Because I wouldn't say they would be capable of that, considering they still let the Jeff Jarrett interview go. I can't wait to wrestle him soon. <laughs> yeah, so, right? 
Um, no, his eye pro- looked slightly <laughs> bruised, but not fully bruised. That's why I was just curious. Yeah, no, I'm guess. I mean, I obviously I have no fucking clue. I, I would think it's probably closer to when the episode aired. They probably they probably taped it. Close. Okay. They probably want Vince probably wanted time to fucking figure it out. Cause well, it was, they had to wait for that printout of that. 100 by 100 uh, Bret Hart vigil <laughs> photo that they had. Right. They just pulled it from the WWF shop. That's probably where they got it from. Ave Maria. <laughs> so, I mean, everybody knows what this is. Um, <laughs> Jim Ross asked him, did you screw Bret Hart? Obviously, the answer is Bret Hart screwed Bret Hart. Uh, this time-honored tradition, when someone's leaving, you show respect to those who made you. Bret didn't want to honor that. Never expected that from him. He's a traditionalist. Bret screwed Bret. Uh, brings up, uh, Jim Ross brings up the contract, contract that Vince had reneged on. That was like that 20-year contract. Um, Vince says it was a joint decision to release him from the contract. And uh, we worked together to let WCW steal him from the WWF. I, that was fucking brilliant. He actually gives the specifics of Brett's WCW contract. Uh, plays up helping Brett get the contract. Uh, Vince says he got a concussion from getting knocked out by Brett. He's still having vision issues to these days. And he allowed Brett to strike him. Didn't want him to do it. You're going to sue? You're going to sue? I'll sue! He says, oh, I've considered it. There's options still available. I'm not pursuing it. Up to Brett if I do or if I don't. How do you want Brett's story to end? And he just runs down Brett saying again, Brett screwed Brett. I have absolutely no sympathy for Brett. That's the famous clip right there. Yeah, that's the most famous one. Yeah. Hundred uh, percent. We get a quick one here. Los Bariquas. Uh, be uh, Miguel Sweater. Perez. I just want you to know. I remember watching that interview live and still, yeah. And I remember no bullshit. Even in my mind, at thirteen years old, yeah, thirteen. Even when he said, "Brett screwed Brett," I have no sympathy. Swear to God, I was like. Fuck you. <laughs> Even in that moment, I'm like, I'm a Brett fan. Fuck you, dude. Fuck this guy. I was pissed. Yeah, I didn't, like, I was still mad, man. I'd imagine so. It was no small thing, man. I still am. Well, we're, we're going to talk more about it on WCW. <laughs> That's for goddamn sure. Uh, yeah, Los Bariquas uh, versus Road Dogg and Billy Gunn. The per- so Los Bariquas come into the ring, their music stops, and then it starts again. They're like, what the fuck's going on? And it's Road Dogg and Billy Gunn acting like they're Puerto Rican or Mexican. They apparently don't know the difference. Uh, the rest of Los Bariquas interfere. It's a DQ. Um, either way, racist as fuck, but yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah, we'll go with it. Uh, next we get a Ken we, Shamrock. Wait, hang on, hang on. So the better part of August and September, maybe July, September, August, September was uh, pretty solely based on McMahon not liking black people. And now we're like, all right, well, who could we move on to? Ooh, I got a skit. Jesus, dude. It's like... Keep in mind, we're still a long time away from Vince dropping, literally dropping an N-bomb on TV. Yeah. Oh, hang on. Um, And even lesser time, but still long from in front of the same guy. Jesus. Uh, Triple H going beyond racist with his entire storyline with Booker T heading into WrestleMania 19. Yeah. 
Jeez. And well after Piper and Blackface. <laughs> How in the <laughs> shit is Booker T such an advocate for this company? Money talks. He's like, well, I I did call Hulk Hogan that at one point, so I guess everybody's allowed to use it. It's all right. That's your shucky ducky <laughs> question of the week. <laughs> How does that happen? That's your shucky ducky question of the week. I like that. All right. Uh, we had Sonny the Ring in a referee's uniform. She's going to be the guest referee for the mini six-man match. The o- middle At one point, like I fast-forwarded through this, and at one point I see Sonny doing a leapfrog over one of the minis. I don't know how it got there. But then Kane's, and she yells stop. She was, she was on time with her cue, it appears, but she wasn't very good at hiding it. Because as soon as she goes, <laughs> stop, lights immediately go out. <laughs> it's Kane's music. He about to destroy some midgets. It's, <laughs> it's like my all right, one of my favorite, favorite scenes in It's Always Sunny. They're doing the the Nightman Cometh, the big play or whatever. Oh, that's and right. At the very end of the song. Mac goes, stage freeze. He goes, dude, you don't say stage freeze. It's just, that's just the same with her. She's like, stop. I'm like, no, you're not supposed to say stop. You just stop. <laughs> Damn straight. The best part is. Exit, cue, left. <laughs> Sorry. Right? Well, it was exit stage left with the fucking minis because as soon as Kane comes out, that's what they do. They all powder and they hide behind commentary. There's six of them hiding behind commentary. The best part is that Cornette has his racket on the commentary table and he starts holding it up to like defend himself and all the minis <laughs> are grabbing it from him and like pulling him backwards. He's got like three midgets on him. Pull him back. <laughs> Jeez. And then out of nowhere, the headbangers are in the ring. They hit Kane with the boom box and he no sells it and choke slam tombstone tombstone. That's your lot. Hour two. We get DX to the ring. Cornette says Dr. Timothy Leary would be so proud. I didn't get the reference. I know who Timothy Leary is. I just don't understand what it had to do with what was going on at the moment. Do you know who Timothy Leary is? Mm, uh, please refresh my memory. The only way it's coming to my head is through a song. Uh, but go ahead. What song? Let the Sun Shine. Let the Sun Shine In. Oh, uh, okay. So Timothy Leary from is... From the movie, or from the show hair oh okay there's a part where they go uh answers for timothy leary deary. That timothy leary is like the, the like shine. like the grandfather godfather or whatever of acid like he was really big into acid like that was his whole thing well that makes sense for hair okay right but you know what's even more fucked up timothy leary was going to run for president and he asked john lennon to write a campaign song for him lennon did leary didn't run you know what song it was? Come Together. Really? Yeah. Check it out sometime. See? No shit. Bringing the knowledge. Wow. Look at you. Yeah, man. Anyway, that's Shucky all ducky. irrelevant to what the discussion that we're having right here. <laughs> Shawn Michaels calls out Shamrock. He, even he has to reiterate, uh, that was a non-sanctioned match. It doesn't count. Uh, Triple H spits his gum at the camera. Uh, now that Brett is gone, we're going to start beating the crap out of all his friends, uh, referring to the Hart Foundation. Uh, gives the mic to Triple H, calls out Slaughter, get your fat ass out here. 
when Slaughter comes in, he he does like a three count in the air at HBK. <laughs> John Lee's like, you damn well better applaud me when you come in here. You know, uh, you, you get an A for effort, I guess. Um, Triple H gets right in Slaughter's face. Who the hell do you think you are? We make the rules, not you. Uh, your old lady's not to thrill with your privates. Having a little trouble going past half mast and other assorted dick jokes and you can't please your wife. <laughs> Slaughter slaps Triple H, goes after Shawn Michaels, but Triple H hits him with the briefcase. China rips off his shirt, clocks him, headshot with the briefcase, pedigree, and then they randomly have rolls of toilet paper that they lay on top of him in the shape of an X and throw the rolls into the crowd, one of which gets thrown back in. So probably where the young bucks get that shit from. Question. Yes. Who's in the ring? Oh, that would be Degeneration X, consisting specifically of Shawn Michaels, Triple H, China, and Ravishing Rick Rude. There we go. Okay. We just had to mention that Rick, Ru- Ravishing, Rick Rude was in Ra- there. Because... Yeah, Ravishing Rick Rude store, storing the toilet paper in his Halliburton. Yeah, well, you know, nobody ever had to say it was... I thought, it was gonna be li- I thought it was going to be like a, uh, you know, a sandwich a and brick. an apple. <laughs> Here, you can have it. Really? Thanks! <laughs> All right! <laughs> I need uh, money for gas. I'm homeless. <laughs> I mean, I don't have a car. What? <laughs> uh, next week if you get- don't know, we're referencing falling, falling down. down. I, was, I couldn't come up with it there for some reason. Thank you. <laughs> I... My fa- hang on, I gotta go into it. My other favorite one with that is that that says this is our fucking rock, and nobody should Private fucking, fucking sit here. Property. No f- yeah, this Maybe fucking if means fucking you. English. I can fucking understand it. <laughs> it says all that. Yeah, it says all that. <laughs> all right, let's move on. All right, light heavyweight tournament: Scott Taylor versus Eric Shelley. For those of you who aren't familiar, Scott Taylor is. Going to be futurely known as Scotty Too Hotty. Uh, Jarrett's on the phone uh, with commentary. He wants them to promote a big announcement, but he's pissed off because they're talking about a guy all show that's no longer with the company. Next week on Raw, have his first match since returning. Scott Taylor gets the win. I'm really excited for that match, said no one. Yeah, pretty much. You know, Mero uh, comes back to the ring. He wants Jim Ross to get in the ring with him. He says, this is my woman, my property, and she's being stalked. WWF isn't helping me. Calls out Butterbean. Butterbean goes to the ring. Cornette goes, that's the biggest pair of Zubas I've ever seen. (laughs) (laughs) They didn't have him on commentary uh, commentary nearly enough. Oh, no. He was used more on, like, superstars in, like, 94, which sucked because he was way too clean and, and not hitting the zingers as much as he could have. Right. Attitude era, he should have been on uh, commentary way more than Jerry Lawler. Instead of hearing, puppies! Yeah, He right. would have been fantastic to listen to. Well, unfortunately, I mean, we know just by listening to Cornette now, he that was like one of his most miserable phases of life, so... <laughs> yeah, well, okay, never mind. Got it. Yeah, but um, now he just does it from home and just not in front of a live audience. Right. He just talks my favorite, my favorite, on. My favorite still when he shows up on Raw and Heenan starts freaking out. He's like, Jimmy! Jimmy! I know him! <laughs> it's fucking great. <laughs> yeah, fucking Marrow shoves Butterbean. Butterbean shoves Marrow down to the ground. They get separated. There you go. Uh, next, we get part two of Why Brett Why. 
Uh, Jim Ross asks, would you welcome Brett back? And he pauses. He goes, yes, I would, but I would have to have frank understanding and he'd have to apologize. No more free shots. Um, the next best, the next part is my fucking favorite. And I actually wrote a long quote on this because I just thought it was good. Um, he asks Vince, uh, Jim Ross asks Vince, do you think Brett sold out? And he goes, yeah, Brett sold out. It's not a big deal either. Cause I helped him. You know, Brett's watching. What would you say to him now? Probably what I said to him in the locker room. He made a mistake that I believe he will regret from a professional perspective. I had to do what I had to do for the company, the fans, the superstars. I'm unwavering from that point of view. I don't know that we'll ever get together. I hope we do one day. It's too bad that a 14-year relationship was destroyed because one member forgot what, forgot that we are in the sports entertainment business. Forgot what made him. Uh, when will you be over it? I'm over it now. He's not the best there was. He had an opportunity to be that, and he blew it. You got to give the guy credit, man. He's a snake oil salesman, man. He's fucking good at yeah. it. I got to crack another beer. He's after still pissing me off that, listening man. to it right now. I'm mad. Like <laughs> Jesus Christ. And it's, it's pisses me off because I'm like, Brett said he would drop it on raw the very next night to anybody, including Sean, you know, he said, or at whatever the case is, anything. He just didn't want to drop it to Sean in Montreal right. that night. It was his one and only request. Never missing a date, yada, yada, yada. And it's, I don't know. I, I see technically both sides. I really do. End of the day, it was Bre- It was uh, Vince proving that he had a bigger dick. Yeah, whatever it was. I mean, it was Vince being Vince. Uh, I still yeah. love that. Yeah, 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 he sold out. He's making $3 million a year and working 125 days. He goes, yeah, he sold out. I helped him do that. It's nothing to be. He takes it as a slight. I don't think it's a slight at all. He did the what was a smart business move for him. I fucking love it. I, th- I thought it was great. And this is really the, this is what a lot of people point to as the birth of the heel Vince McMahon character. Oh, totally. This is about to be the real Vince McMahon because now it's the next time he is doing anything in the ring crowd is going to fucking shit mm-hmm. on him and we're less than a year of him wrestling oh don't remind me of that <laughs> less than a year yo it's gonna happen you're saying less than a year it's gonna happen in like six months yeah pretty much like it happens in like april year. of 98 <laughs> yeah my god it, like so is nine to ten months oh my god yo please just you have pissed me off so many times today keep going Okay. Please move on. Vader versus Goldust. Goldust comes. Goldust is walking <laughs> to the ring with Briscoe. His arms in a sling. He's wearing a silk gold pajama shirt, black stockings, and gold women's slippers with checkerboard face paint with random like streaks of red through it. And some real dangly earrings. Oh, I didn't even notice the earrings. Oh, yeah. I was focused on the pantyhose. What can I say? My leg man. She's got a lot of ear, uh, earrings, a whole <laughs> shoebox full of dangly ones. <laughs> he says he's an invalid, and he's broken and crippled, has a letter from his doctor. Vader's pissed off, and then Goldust literally has a trick up his sleeve, which appeared to be uh, the ring bell hammer. Commentary couldn't identify it. It looked like the ring bell hammer clocks Vader. I, I love Vader. I really do. This era for him is not good. He gets clocked in the head, and at first he sells it great because he's just he's dizzied. But then he acts like he got shot in the leg. He's like, ah, ah. If you got hit in the head, you'd be knocked out. 
or woozy. Not like screaming in pain. I'm just saying. <laughs> the way you said that, I thought you meant he was grabbing his leg. And I was like, well, man, maybe he had neurological damage. And when they hit his head, the pain went to his knee. <laughs> right. uh, Slaughter comes back to the rink. He apparently had a spare shirt with him because uh, he's got a new one on. Uh, he talks about accepting the position or his commission, calls out DX. Uh, you cross the line, you got personal. Uh, on December 7th, I'm ordering you, Triple H, you maggot, to get into the ring with me. So apparently, I, I, I don't remember Slaughter wrestling this late, but we've seen worse. <laughs> we also have seen him wrestle, like, I think, easily 10 years after this, too. I mean, I'm pretty sure he does it in, like, 2007. It's like a whole era where, like, Everyone faced Randy Orton, like Piper. <laughs> yeah, everybody well, came back. True, I'm pretty sure Slaughter was in that mix. Yeah, yeah, probably. Uh, main event: Rocky, Rocky Maivia versus Dude Love. Uh, Rocky tells the fans to quit the chance. Uh, non-title match. Uh, the Rock is a lot of things, but a thief ain't one of them. Commentary actually calls out him referring to himself as the Rock. It's stuck. He did it last week for the first time, and already it's taken hold. They're gonna run with it. And, man, I can't wait. We're probably, God, I'm trying to think, maybe a month away from the silk shirt? Yeah, probably. about that? Uh, The title goes to commentary for some reason. Naturally, the nation interferes. It's a DQ. Rock grabs the title and powders to the outside of the ring. Austin comes out. Uh, Austin and Dude Love clear the ring. And uh, it ends with Austin giving the double birds once again. It's funny that you said it's a non-title match. Of course it is. You're not the champion. <laughs> <laughs> I know. Well, that's I, my my notes must have been short. Yeah, it was like earlier when they said, "Oh, well, they that, probably mentioned." And remember, this is a non-title it's match. It's non-sanctioned. Yeah, well, of course it's a non-title match. <laughs> well, Nyla right. Rose is doing it. She's yeah, walking well, around know, licking right? the title weekly. It ain't the fucking first time. Yeah, history likes to repeat itself. Sometimes for the better, sometimes for the worse. Moving on to Nitro, speaking of worse. Recap of the main event from last week, which was Sting getting the shit beat out of him uh, by the NWO for the first time, pretty much since he showed back up. As you would expect, it starts with the NWO music, as expected. Uh, No Hogan. Uh, We get survey time with Scott Hall. Uh, They give a shout-out to Six, who's not there. Uh, we get Zabisco Chance Hall calls him out talks about hey we watched some old matches of you we put it on fast forward and you still weren't moving that's a pretty fucking good line (laughs) (laughs) such a good line Nash tried to follow it up did his best Uh, sit down Zabisco before we pull your Medicaid calls out the Einsteiners we're the true tag champs you didn't beat the outsiders gives a shout out to the giant Bischoff has another surprise. Uh, it's Hogan to the Voodoo Child music. Not the actual song, but the, the ripoff, like most of their music. Hogan stops halfway down the ramp. Points to the back. Oh, what a difference a day makes. Rick Rude. Not a full beard. Now he's got the porn stash. Yep. Hey, I mean, let's when we look back at Rick Rude, we always think the porn stash. Come on. Yeah. What I like is, you know, I think for the most part, when I think about this happening, I think of, oh, what a difference a day makes. What Mm -hmm. I never think about is the actual meat and potatoes of his promo, which is there's rights and there's wrongs in the world of professional wrestling. What's wrong 
as Shawn Michaels is claiming to be the world champ when he never beat Bret Hart. What's wrong is for Vince to instruct a ref to ring the bell in order to rob Bret Hart of his title. What's right is for Bret to abandon the Titanic and swim to the shores of the NWO. And for NWO to destroy the sh** out of the man called Sting. The only thing wrong is that I didn't have a chance to participate. This time, I will partake. And then Hogan says, Spring has sprung and Sting has been stung. But it's fall right now. <laughs> and it's like, again, kind of like what we were talking about earlier. You had a good moment going with Rude and his promo. Drop the mic, walk out. Exactly. And all of a sudden, Hogan's like, I got one for you guys. How about this one? Just thought of it. It's like the drunk uncle at Christmas time. How about this? Ha! Spring is stung. Wait, hang on. I got it. Let me start it over again. Hang on. Jeez, dude. Yeah. It it really it was. It, I literally went from a good high to a low right there. Right. Like you just ruined it. We wasted the good promo on you. He's really the old man that it's like wow, fuck. We have to let him do it. He's the one paying for all this shit. This guy gets the fucking last word in. I'll tell you what, though. The next segment was my fucking favorite of the night. Gene's on the ramp with Ray Trailer, And Trailer basically says, hey, anytime the NWO attacks me, I get stronger. The NWO attacks him. <laughs> <laughs> Time to toughen up, bitch. <laughs> I'm watching it, and I'm like, no shit. That's fucking hilarious. <laughs> that was the greatest thing ever. <laughs> I want that to happen more. I want someone like just on SmackDown this week be like, you know what? I know I've been jumped from behind and beaten up, but every time it happens to me, I feel like it's a good step in the direction for me. <laughs> Bam! Solo Sokoa takes him out. <laughs> oh, man. I like it. Oh, so great. All right, next week, Glacier versus Mang. Hart gets on the apron for distraction, calls out the Barbarian. Mang actually gets the ping, the pen clean with the tongue death grip. <laughs> the ping? Mang gets the ping? Uh, uh, again, another moment of the night. Ernest Miller comes down and makes the save. He jumps Jimmy, Jimmy Hart out of the ring, but then Ming just gets the death grip on him and puts him down. And then he puts a plug out for his uh, upcoming VHS tape, the Billy Blanks rocking out <laughs> with your socks out. I, I forgot about that. Who the fuck is this, Billy Blanks? Uh, next is Alex Wright versus Mongo. Mongo doesn't break the five count and gets disqualified after tossing Nick Patrick across the ring. Time to move on. All right. I think it's good use. I, you don't see it all too often where people just break that count because they're too pissed off and a DQ happens. Right. That's a great way to begin a feud. I mean, like a very simple, easy way. And you know what I mean? Well, you, you didn't beat me. Whatever. But just yeah. saying. No, I agree with easy, you. Easy, smart. Yeah, but the whole thing sucks from the get-go, so it doesn't matter. Yeah, have Mongo. <laughs> Jericho versus Mysterio's next. First line that I wrote for the from Brian Oates on this was, is this what I think it is? Spoiler, it's not, though it is the beginning, I think. Uh, it's their first match against each other, ever. Uh, they've tag-teamed together, but never against each other. Uh, crowd's behind Ray a lot more. You can tell Jericho's bothered by it, and Jericho's doing a lot more power moves. Uh, rather than technical and finesse moves. Um, Jericho uh, hits a power bomb, lifts him back up at the two count, power bombs him again, again lifts him up after after the two count, Ray reverses into a runner for the win. Do you know what Good I'm match. referencing? 
Well, I do. Okay. 100%. Yep. Yeah. Okay. So next we get Bischoff. He goes to commentary to fuck with Zabisco. He does the thing. He comes up, flicks his ear. Then he leaves. And then he comes back, does it again. Zabisco takes the bait and NWO beats him down, holds him for Bischoff to get a couple kicks in. I'm still laughing at the we were watching your match and we put it on fast forward and you still weren't moving. That's just still <laughs> goddamn. Scott Hall's the man. I God, he was great. Now, hang on. I do want to put notice to something. Did you notice? Not only did he gave a shout out to six. He was wearing also, a shirt. He was. Yep. And newsflash, this coming Sunday is World War Three. Mm-hmm. And you'll probably notice they're all wearing them again. Six is done with the company. Wow, it was that long before he came back to WWF? Yes, because he was out, and I believe there was an injury. But between now and I believe the end of this year, he ends up being fired via fax or whatever uh, from Eric Bischoff. Huh. Yup. Well, so he was he pretty pilled his last up match, and, and he had his yeah. last right, um, and he's la- had his last appearance on Nitro. So, huh? More sex. Yeah. Wow. I just because I know when he shows up in WWF, but that's well, yeah, everybody does. But it's away. more of like that's that's March. Oh, it's March. Well, it's okay, even April, it was April. I believe. So yeah, five months. But still, okay, whatever. You know, but it like within a week. But still, it's hmm. he spent a couple months, but it probably a ninety days, maybe. I yeah, don't know if they call. had the no-compete clause back then. Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah. Well, no, there's no way they had a no-compete clause. Fucking Benoit won the title one night on pay-per-view, dropped it off, and then was like, I'm heading to Raw. Later. Hmm. Yeah, that's actually another good call. Fuck, I don't know. Let's move past it. We know when he gets there. We'll talk about it. When no, let's break there. this down for a couple hours. <laughs> Hang on. Contract negotiations. <laughs> All right. All right. Uh, next, we get Volano 4 and or 5 versus DDP. I don't remember which one he was wrestling, but either way, DDP wins. Next, we get uh, Dean Malenko versus Eddie for the Cruiserweight title. Uh, Lil Nate is the ref in this one. I don't remember seeing him a lot lately. No, that's maybe one of the first times, actually. Yeah? Real young. Very young. Very nate uh, Ray comes out to watch during the match. He's going to be facing their winner at World War World War Three for the title. Uh, the thing is, it's a, they both hit the mat after, oh, what the fuck was it? I think it was just a, an avalanche backdrop or something like that. Uh, neither of them can beat the 10 count to their feet. That's a double count. See how that one works out. Next, we get Scotty Riggs versus Saturn for the TV title. Kidman gets on the mic, says he's been authorized by Raven to give you one more chance to join. Riggs did a cool move for me. I mean, it, first of all, it's Scotty Riggs. Um, he gets on the top turnbuckle, and he actually jumps over the guardrail onto the flock. Looked good. I thought it was pretty cool. As soon as he did it, I was like, Riggs! Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You crazy son of a bitch! <laughs> there you go. Saturn gets the win. Flock starts a beat down. Raven stops him. Almost as good as the Ray, Ray Trailer segment. The Steiners come out for their match, and they're immediately jumped by the NWO. They just didn't say they like getting beat up by exactly. the NWO ahead of it this time. They didn't call the shot. Some reverse Babe Ruth kind of shit. Right. It's like pointing to the catcher. I'm about to strike out. 
next we get Hennig, Hennig versus Luger for the U.S. title. There was a ref bump. Hennig Lex used the Luger, title. Luger, you might be the narcissist, but I'm <laughs> Kurt Hennig. Uh, yeah, Giant comes to the ring. I can take your torture rack. <laughs> your what? Oh, torture rack. I gotcha. <laughs> Sometimes the rain came up. Sideways. Staying in rain. Man, it's just, I can't believe I've been saying it wrong for so fucking long. And now it's bothering me to say Hennig because now every time I hit it, I still feel like I have a nasally thing going on. Like I'm like Hennig. You're from like, Rochester. I still am not You're hitting have a nasally end. thing. And you can't do much about it. What do you mean? <laughs> I really hope you did that on purpose because if not. <laughs> <laughs> We'll find out. Kayfabe, pal. <laughs> Hennig versus Luger, U.S. title. It's a DQ. The Giant shows up to the ring, and myself and commentary both say, oh, it's about time somebody showed up to defend the WCW. Uh, Giant stays in the ring. He has a match with Scott Hall. Uh, Nash goes to commentary. Heenan immediately runs away because he's a fucking weasel. Uh, Hall takes a choke slam, uh, takes the choke slam away from the Giant. He starts working the arm. He hits it on the turnbuckle in the post. Uh, you see the Giant's hand and arm all cut up, bleeding. Naturally, as throughout the last few weeks in this show, the NWO interferes and it's a DQ. But finally, finally, the locker room empties and WCW shows up. You get Public Enemy, the Volanos, Jericho, Malenko, Regal, Glacier, Mongo, a bunch of other people. I didn't write their names down. And we are six days away from World War Three, for the sixth time. Oh, okay. Sixth anniversary, <laughs> yep. Yeah. Good night, folks. <laughs> you know, WCW style. Well, it's funny because I uh, is the the furthest out I am right now is I just recently watched World War Three. That's it. That's as far out as I've gone. So I'm just at the pay per view, nice. and God, I forgot how much of a clusterfuck those matches really are. And it's like you know, sixty was too much, right? Like, it's just way too much to pay attention to at once. But, you know. Yeah, right. Three cameras, three cameras, three rings. Didn't work. Well, well. you know what does work? Bring in a documentary crew with you to film your final couple of days at work. That I would like to do. Yeah. That'd be fun. Especially if you're going to clock your boss in the face. I like my boss. I wouldn't want to clock him. I'll hit your boss if you want. Piece of shit's locked himself in his office. <laughs> I love that line. I love that line. It's just as soon as he does, and he says it to, is it not Martha? What was his wife's name? Uh, I don't remember. Whatever. Um, doesn't matter. She didn't stay with him. Uh, man, it's a... You know, there's a lot of people who question the Montreal screw job being a work. Right? A lot of people call it a work. What doesn't help... If you think, no, that's, that's a shoot. That's a straight shoot. What doesn't help the argument 
is him bringing a crew, and all of this just happens to be documented. He knows he's going to get screwed. He's filming all of this in advance, and Vince knows he's going to screw him and allows this documentary, documentary crew to be there throughout all of this. And Vince has to sign off on all said stuff, including walking and wobbling like he was uh, coming out of the prison cell for the first time. <laughs> He really, he just, great. it was a first solid punch, I think, that Vince ever took in his life. <laughs> Covering his head, like. Oh, uh, my God, it's awesome. You see a young Shane right there with him. Mm-hmm. So, of course, we are talking wrestling yeah. with shadows. You know, and it starts, you know, talking about the big Hall of Fame career of Brett. You know, not Hall of Fame at this point, and but also his problems with Shawn Michaels. Man, everything that we've pretty much covered all the way from all the way in the Monday Night Wars over the last year, you know, everything from (coughs) him returning uh, just at the Survivor Series 96, all that's in there, working with Steve, and then also everything with Sean. The most, oh, God, I love it. I love it. And, oh, man, like it, this is good. I don't, oh, fuck, it's going to probably go down a real messed up rabbit hole. And I'm going to let you speak in a minute. Um, <laughs> not a rabbit hole, but just saying something messed up. I love that Sean is born again and everything is all by the power of God and God, God, this, God, that, God, this. Hey, Sean, do you have anything to do with this? I swear to fucking God, <laughs> I had nothing to do with this one. My hands are tied on this one. Swear to fucking God, Brett. Swears to God, like, several times. Yep. And I was like, (laughs) the best thing is, also besides that, Brett's wife. Hunter, don't tell me you didn't know anything about this. You lying. And you know what? One of these days, God, yeah, he had his head down. And he kept going, I knew nothing. Don't shut shut up. You're all going to go back to the hotel tonight, have some drinks with the boys. You're all laugh about this. One of these days, Hunter, God is going to strike you down. That's what that was like. That's what I was thinking, too. I was like, oh, shit. But also, here is the thing. Hunter, 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 Hunter. Name's Paul. But and I can understand the business where yeah. you call people by their wrestling name and shit, yeah. but I'm also saying that I'm just, uh, was she on the level to call him a wrestler name or she knew him as Paul? So that's where I'm wondering the, sh- the work shoot, you know, part. It, th- this documentary, even back then, when it came out, I remember it being broadcasted on the A&E network a lot because they were also doing a couple of different biographies on, like, Andre the Giant, a couple of guys like that. But when this aired, I was like, so was this all fake? You know, this thing didn't air till probably close to maybe 99 because at the end of it, it says Brett currently works for WCW in Turner Broadcasting a lot. And I was like, oh, they haven't talked about the – concussion so all right man give me your take on wrestling with shadows it's great uh again uh my favorite is see what you do here is you take his arm and he spin it around and uh... <laughs> stew <laughs> hey and we also this is the backstage segment of so hey what should i uh what do you want me to say i don't know say, say you're uh you're gonna get hungry Oh uh, yeah! You forget your manners. Yeah, we're gonna forget you know, our manners. That's him prepping Anvil. <laughs> yeah, like and it was awesome, dude. And it's kind of, I like the backstage s- scenes of that, especially on something that's so worldwide televised. If you show me the backstage of some guys in like Ring of Honor or something like that, I'm like, 
eh, whatever. Lanny Poffo getting choked out. Seeing things come together. Yeah, well, there's that. <laughs> um, it's yeah. You know, no, it's edit. cool. It's cool I, as shit to see because you because know, Brett's pretty much giving him his lines. He's he's like because he, Jim obviously apparently didn't know what to say, so Brett's like, yeah, say this or say, and he kept changing it. And you know, and and Jim yeah. Nightheart's just laughing. He's he's loving it. You know, um, I loved. Yeah, I love I love them talking about the family. They show the family for Stu Hart's birthday. They talk about the dungeon. Brett talks about him breaking his ribs when he was fighting Dino Bravo. Um, uh, him playing video games with his kid, uh, with his kid playing as the Undertaker, which is right around the time where he fought the Undertaker for the title. Um, they show the Simpsons episode that Brett was in. Um, yep. they show him in Canada. It's, it's fucking great. I, the, the whole thing is great. Um, you know, the, the, the waffling on the contracts, they show him signing his WCW contract and him telling the cameras to leave the room. Um, I, the whole thing, the, the whole thing. It just, it, it's great. It really, so you had, uh, Vincent, the why Brett, why? Right, and that was his opportunity mm-hmm. to to flip the script and, and and play the victim, but then you had this, which was really more in depth. And then there was the whole thing with Vince. He's like, what did he say? He said something like, "I cold cocked him," or "I knocked him out," or something like that. And he wore the he he wore a wire into the meeting with Vince before the match. Mm-hmm. It's just, it, I mean, and it, it, what I really like Vince is. Uh, I'll drop the title to Sean tomorrow night, but tonight if we could just do a schmaz and you hear yep. Vince go, yeah, whatever you want. Whatever you want. And yep. said it a couple of times. Yep. So, you know, and you obviously get a closer look of, of, of him going nuts afterwards and smashing everything. And uh, it certainly adds to the mystique of is this a work or is it a shoot? Uh, and I still love Cornette on Dark Side. He goes, that, that's for real. They really screwed that guy. <laughs> just I like when he says that. <laughs> Nothing to do with 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 uh, wrestling with shadows, but all aspects of it. You know, him with his family, him with his kids, the relationship he has with the other workers. Uh, very obvious. Sonny had a crush on him, <laughs> but then again, <laughs> who didn't she have a crush on? Right. <laughs> so um, it's not in this, but in the uh, greatest rivalries thing. You know, he said one of the biggest things that actually did piss him off or, or things that made him sad was he did look at Vince as a father figure. Brett did, right. you know, I mean, because that many years you work for someone and you're on the road with them and you're seeing him more than you are your own father. It's understandably so how you could have that uh, admiration to someone. Sure. And on top but, of that, Vince made him a six time world champion. Exactly. Five. Uh, I thought it was six. Five time world champ. Hmm. Okay. Under, when he beat Undertaker at SummerSlam, threw mm-hmm. up the hand for five, and that was when he dropped it. Oh, uh, that's right. Yeah, you're right. You're right. Yeah, my bad. All right. No, it is. It is your bad. So, <laughs> um, but, <laughs> but one of the things that you know I always did admire was that when Brett did have a stroke and he was in the hospital, um, the first phone call that came through was Vince. Hmm. And he goes, I understand we're at odds, but and he goes, and he gave me a good Vince McMahon pep talk, and he goes, and that he goes, and Brett I everything stroked go that day. Brett. <laughs> wow! Wow! Jesus! I have no sympathy Christ. for Brett Stroke. <laughs> I 
Thanks so much for listening to the Top of Wrestling Podcast, everybody. I really appreciate you all listening this week. I really don't know where to go from there. I swear to God. Like, that's that you just kind of ruined everything we were just talking about here. As, as normal, from the beginning of the day all the way to the very end, you have messed this show up. Look at <laughs> He's over here. He's got tears rolling down his eyes. He's so proud of himself right now. <laughs> oh, my God. Brett stroked Brett. Wow. Okay. Um... I was laughing so hard I pulled yeah, my headphones hey. out. <laughs> <laughs> so next week we're going to be obviously reliving the Monday Night Wars even more because we have World War Three, nineteen ninety-seven, and it's funny because until it happened, I forgot who the winner was. That's the best part. So I was kind of actually interested in seeing it, which is good. Uh, but not only that, next week, speaking of World War Three. I am going to be breaking down in our top topic the top 10 matches at World War III pay-per-views. I can guarantee you not one of them will be the 60-man over-the-top oh, road World War III match. <laughs> but we have a lot more next week, as always. Plus, we'll be reliving or recapping everything that happened at Full Gear. I am the professor, Mark Fantasia, bidding you a farewell. Appreciate y'all listening. And he is ODM. As always, not only does he fuck this show up, he leaves you every week with five words. Strokes are no laughing matter. The Top of Wrestling Podcast is brought to you by The Top of Wrestling Podcast. Your hosts are The Professor, Mark Fantasia, and ODM, Joe Rizzo, with special weekly segments by Nightwing the Analyst, Rashawn Hilton. Without your continued support, it would just be some guys talking wrestling. Feel free to interact with the show on Twitter, YouTube, Facebook, and by email at thetopofwrestling at gmail.com. Scared the shit out of my cat. <laughs> He's over there in dead sleep. He just looks at me like, boy, what the fuck is wrong with you? <laughs> and now he wants to leave. <laughs> He's like, I, I'm out of here. Now you have to open the door, asshole. <laughs>